What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is Tuesday, November 15th here on the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you alongside my co-host, NFL Safety, J.J. Wilcox, as we get ready for week number 11. And I got to tell you what, J.J., a lot of surprises in week number 10. My picks weren't too good, man. Seven and seven, 500. I will say this. I did pick that Vikings win over the Bills. You rode with Bills Mafia, and I just had a feeling. I was like, Minnesota, man, they're a dangerous team, and that was an epic game, and they got the win. So there was a lot of surprises, man, and we're going to get into some of those. But first things first, JJ, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Like I told you earlier, it's a little cold and rainy down here in Atlanta, but we're going to make things work. And my record this week, man, I'm kind of disappointed. I went 5-9 and this week. It was a bad week for me, but I'm, I'm ready to redeem myself, man, and get after it this week. So all is well my way. I hope all is well your way as well. Well, right on that note, let's get into our player of the week, JJ, and I'll go first. And this is an interesting pick. Of course, not the most gaudy, not the most flashy, but this is a player that's been in the league for many years, 13-year veteran, Colt McCoy. Stepped in for the injured Kyler Murray, helped lead the Cardinals to a 27-17 victory over the defending champion Los Angeles Rams who had John Wolford behind center because Matthew Stafford was in concussion protocol. But with Kyler Murray out with that hamstring, McCoy finished the game 26 of 37, 238 yards, touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins, 10 passes, 98 yards. Rondale Moore, 9 catches, 94 yards. So McCoy did a good job of spreading the ball to Arizona's playmakers. And most importantly, J.J., this was an Arizona team that was trending downward. We talked about them last week, how they were disappointing, underwhelming. Well, guess what? Look no further than the veteran Colt McCoy. He comes in, engineers a victory for the Arizona Cardinals. And, of course, he did suffer a knee injury late in that ball game. So he's still undergoing some evaluation. But if Kyler Murray is unavailable again, it'll be Colt McCoy if he is cleared to play. But one thing I do want to bring up, 36 years old, he's 11-23 as a starter in his career. However... He's 3-1 and one as a starter for the Arizona Cardinals dating back to last season because he went 2-1 and one as a starter last season in Arizona when Kyler Murray was sidelined with an injury again. So you know what? 
he showed out again, and I'm certainly a fan of his both on and off the field. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, I agree with you on that one, too. Uh, Colt McCoy, if you look at him, man, he always find a way to get it done. Colt McCoy has done in recent years. Uh, we're dating all the way back to Washington Redskins when we used to play against him. Um, we always had, we had always had a good key bead on Kirk Cousins and, you know, RG3 when he was there. But when Colt McCoy got in there, man, he always tended to find a way to get it done and get a W. So hats off to him. And I know it's a Texas thing for you guys out there in Texas. So um, also another great connection as well with Colt McCoy. There. So that was a great one for him and for that Arizona organization as well. This week, I think, ran wild this week, man. He had a, he had a lot of adversity. They changed their head coaching. Uh, they didn't know what direction they was going. This this head coach had no uh, coaching experience. And um, this guy has been injured. The injury bug been on him all week, but he came back and um, faced adversity in the face, man. They got it done for his team, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he did an amazing job of winning the ball in and outside of the tackles. Uh, he did a good job. But he went 22 for 147 yards, six yards a pop, and a touchdown to help that team get over a Raiders team that I think Raiders team was had the the favorite to go in with the win with the, all the situations going on with the Colts. But Judge Taylor, man, he came out and ran the ball wild. He did a great job of running in and outside um, and, and, and making people miss in the open field and did a good job of helping his team get the victory. Jeff Saturday making his head coaching debut. How about that? A lot of complaints over there in Indy about Jeff Saturday being named the interim head coach. But you know what? First game on the job. The Colts get the win over the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's another disappointing loss for the Vegas Raiders. But I got to tell you what, Jonathan Taylor, it was good to see him get back running explosively, dynamic player, and getting over 100 yards, helping that Colts team secure a big win for their playoff chances. And so Jonathan Taylor, once again, I think does deserve that player of the week accolade that you gave him, JJ. But let's talk about some of these teams that suffered some damaging losses in Week 10, man. It goes beyond Week 10. It goes deeper than that when you lose a certain type of way or against the team that could do some damage, not just last week, but moving forward, potentially playoff implications that would hurt the team's chances. And I think you know where I'm going to go with this one, JJ. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys, man. I was very disappointed in that loss to the Green Bay Packers. And for all those of you who listened into the podcast last Tuesday, when we previewed the game, I told you, JJ, I said, man, I don't have a good feeling about yeah. this game. Even though the Cowboys are rolling and the Packers had lost five games in a row, something about Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers and playing the Packers over there. They had won eight of the last nine entering last Sunday's game. And so it's just one of those matchups where you know the Packers always have the Cowboys number most of the time. And so I didn't feel too good about picking the Cowboys to win. And sure enough, it blew up on Sunday, even though the Cowboys found themselves up 28-14 at the end of the third quarter. I still didn't feel like the lead was safe because of Aaron Rodgers at any moment willing to move the ball down the field. They absolutely ran on the ground. The Dallas defense did not have an answer for it. Watching the Cowboys for years now, the run defense has been an issue for the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, they have been unable to stop an opponent's ground game. I mean, they gave up over 200 yards to the Chicago Bears a couple of weeks ago, and fortunately they won that one because the offense was firing all cylinders. But when you give up over 200 yards rushing again, nearly 5.5 yards per carry to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, just being gashed, especially in the fourth quarter. Green Bay averaged 8.2 yards a pop 
in the final period. And so, of course, they came back from 28-14 to 14 down, forced overtime. They won it with that field goal. Mason Crosby, McCarthy decided to pass up the field goal attempt. Went for it on fourth and short. Didn't get it. And that was the ball game. And so now the Cowboys are 6-3, and three, third place in the NFC East. Their playoff chances are still pretty good considering the <clears throat> NFC landscape right now, JJ. But this is a Cowboys team that just always fails to win those big games on the road when they had it won. Penalties were once again an issue. Nine penalties, 83 yards. Now, of course, you can argue about some of those no calls, and a lot of people are talking about that pass interference that wasn't called on J.R. Alexander in overtime on CeeDee Lamb, and sure. But you know what? As a Cowboy fan, I don't even want to hear about that, man, because you blew a 14-point lead late in the third quarter. You shouldn't have even been in that place. It's just the same story feels like Dallas could have gotten that seventh win. They could have, at this point, based on Philly's loss, they could have been tied for second on a game back of the division lead. Instead, they're 6-3, and and I think that holds massive implications, J.J. Just disappointed with what I saw on Sunday. And I will say this really quick before I turn it over to you. Dak Prescott, you and I both love him. He's a great guy off the field. But once again... He didn't play up to the level that the Cowboys needed him to. He struggled. He was wildly inconsistent. A couple of interceptions in the first half changed the game. Green Bay was able to cash in some points there. And I know that there's some talk about, well, CD ran a wrong route, and so one of those interceptions was on CD Lamb. Regardless of that, he was still shaky at best, and that's because that Packers defense was banged up. And he's going to have to step up to the plate if this Cowboy team wants to make a deep playoff push. Yeah, um, I think it's time. Um, th- these games right now are crucial. Uh, I think we knew going to this game the, um, the importance of it. We always know the game, especially in the AFC uh, type of conference game, title game, because these games here uh, can make or break you at this point. Uh, we also knew that the Dallas Cowboys going into this game, they had two good, easy wins, and they were still close, the Chicago Bears and Detroit Lions when Dak got back. So this was the first uphill battle I think Dak faced. And I think, you know, going into this, I think he might have heard some of the rah-rah, whatnot, but still he had a chance to to put it into it, and that's kind of the disappointment that I have with him as well. Um, and like I say, uh, Dallas Dallas Cowboys defense, it was a great job. They, they get after you, they get their ears back, and they know how to p- rush the passer. But one of their flaws, and we all know you can't be perfect, is, is stopping the run. And, and in this time of the year, this time of, of the season, offense is going to figure out ways to try to exploit you and play you again and do different things. And, they, and right now, the kryptonite for the Dallas Cowboys defense is to run it, especially with the weather the implements coming into, uh, coming into effect and everything. In that sense, more teams are going to look at the film of that and start doing it. So I think it's not a time for Dallas to panic. But I definitely think it's a time for them to look themselves in the mirror. Uh, if you want to move forward and stop and not stop making the same mistakes and st- stop making the same hiccups that we've done years and years over and over again, I think it's time for us to to come together and run. And running defense is all about mentality. It's all about hey, I'm gonna stay in my gap, I'm gonna win my gap, and I'm gonna beat the guy across from me. And I think everybody needs to have that same mentality moving forward. And I think once the Dallas Cowboys do that on the defense side of the ball when it comes to stopping the run, they'll be okay. I don't think it's time to panic. I think this was the first time Dak got a chance to face a really good team. We all know, even though, even though their records don't stay, that Green Bay Packers still has a good team. They still have a good core. They still have an All-American MVP type of quarterback back there, too. When you got those type of people around you, anything is possible. So 
I don't think it's time to panic with Dallas Cowboys, but I, I think it's time for them to look themselves in the mirror and time to make a decision on, hey, from here on out, we got to dominate offense, defense, and special teams to help get to the next level we're trying to get. I think this was just a damaging loss, J.J. Moore, so just because the lack of consistency with this team, man, it's, it's a roller coaster ride, and time yeah. and time again, when they're put in crunch time situations, they can't come through. It's either a penalty that erases yeah. a big play, it's either uh, inconsistent quarterback play from Dak Prescott, it's the defense not getting the job done, or blowing a lead, in that case, you know, against the Packers, 14 points down the drain, and then overtime, it's just... Those types of games, the Cowboys have been unable to win a fair share of those. And if we want to see this team accomplish what we've been waiting for for 25-plus years, which is getting back to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to start winning these types of games. And they're going to have another heck of a challenge on Sunday against Minnesota. And we're going to get into that when we go to our game picks. But I just had to air that out, man. Very frustrating loss for the Dallas Cowboys. You can even see Mike McCarthy. He was PO'd about it in postgame. The players were upset at themselves for losing that one up in Lambeau. And uh, they're going to have to clean some stuff up, JJ. But that loss for the Dallas Cowboys, 6-3. and No, it's not time to start getting on a slippery slope. But it is something worth noting that this is a wake-up call for them. That they better get things straightened out. Yeah, I agree with you as well, too. The penalties, you can't do that. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, those are kind of inexcusable. I know things happen. I know you're going to make mistakes. I know you're playing fast and aggressive. Uh, I don't want to take away from anybody in a sense, but it just comes to being disciplined and understanding where you're trying to go as a team and as a whole. Somebody just have to step up and put a put a minimum to it. And also, like I say, pin their ears back uh, on the defense side of the ball when it comes to the run. And Dak Prescott does what he does, being consistent, digging the Duncan, and running the ball again, I think with Zeke come back, I think it's going to help uh, Tony Pollard out as well to make that one-two punch because I see now in the games it's more the one-two punch. It's not one guy that's dominating. It's always good to have that one or two punch to kind of throw, throw a mix into the, off, the defense side of the ball as well too. So I'm excited for Dallas. They do have a big a big game coming up here, and like you said, we'll talk about that shortly. But, um, yeah, it was a great game between uh, Dallas and, and Green Bay. For you, J.J., who was a team that suffered a damaging loss here in Week 10? I think my, this team here, man, had a chance to really run away with the AFC. Um, I wanted to see this team really go and play against a good caliber team in the NFC as well. And uh, for me, <clears throat> it'll be the Buffalo Bills. Um, I, I, I wanted to see this team win. Um, I, I, I wanted to see Josh Allen. I know he's been getting a lot of uh, criticism. We always know he starts off hot, but towards the playoffs and towards the back end, we're just starting to slow off a little bit. I'm not just pointing fingers at him. I'm just, you know, as general as a team, you know, I wanted to see the Buffalo Bills take care of business up with a great team like coming up there, and um, they had a chance to do that. Defense side of the ball did a great job. Josh Allen did some things. He threw two crit- critical um, interceptions that I think could have helped could have helped them. And the former towards the end, who knows? We all know that, hey, maybe the center didn't get it to him or what. That was crucial as well. But Minnesota just played a good they, – they, they capitalized on all the Buffalo mistakes. And I think, you know, moving forward, I think um, J- Buffalo Bills is going to have to play more uh, consistency and just keep the foot on the throttle, not letting up. We all know what kind of team they are. We all know what kind of defense they have, what type of offensive core they have as well. Uh, but I think they get comfortable sometimes in certain situations of the game. So I just think for Buffalo, I think this is, like I say, this is a mirror check for them as well, that they just have to keep the foot on the throttle because they have all the tools and attributes to be one of the strongest teams in the AFC. 
Yeah, the Buffalo Bills, all of a sudden, being that Super Bowl favorite early in the season, we saw them come out of the gates red hot, beating the Rams 31-10, beating the Titans at home 41-7, and then they lost to the Dolphins in Week 3, 21-19, right? They went on another four-game win streak, but then now back-to-back losses, JJ, another loss to a divisional opponent in the New York Jets 2017, and then now they lose to the Vikings 33-30, a game that they had under wraps. There was no reason for them to blow that game. Of course, Josh Allen continuing to turn over the ball in critical times, and then Backed up inside your one-yard line after that goal line stand. Josh Allen fumbles the snap from Mitch Morse, and the Vikings recover for a touchdown. I mean, when do you ever see that in an NFL game? And that was a bizarre way to lose a game for the Buffalo Bills. Now they're 6-3. and three. Allen for the game, 29 for 43, 330 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. The Bills, they're one of those teams, it's like everybody was ready to crown them the Super Bowl champions in week two. But all of a sudden, man, you look at that AFC East division, the Dolphins, who've already beaten the Bills, are surging. You look at the New York Jets, who are playing some really dangerous football, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So the Bills, all of a sudden, they're going to have to shore up some stuff, JJ. Josh Allen's going to have to tighten the screws a little bit, and they're going to have to learn how to win those crunch time games as well. So the Bills are kind of in similar territory as the Dallas Cowboys where it's like, hey, you're a great team, you have talent, and there's high expectations, but now it's time for you to start delivering. Yeah, Um, like I said, it's a crucial time in the schedule. These games here can make or break you. Uh, You know, we always know that we always have a a team that sneak in here and these wins and losses can catch you in the back end, man. It's a team that was, like I say, a front runner and just got to take care of business right now because it's getting crunch time. It's getting playoff time and everybody realizes that and everybody's, you know, everybody want to play in it. And, you know, it could be a team that comes from behind and it could be, you know, a one way battle between you two guys and you took an L here and there and they could be the one to caution you be sitting home when you was a favorite front one, a wet favorite as well. So um, I do want to see the uh, Josh Allen and Mahomes uh, match up again in the playoffs, and hopefully we'll get a chance to see it. But right now I think they got to focus on focus home, pin up the mistakes. Josh Allen got to play some better ball because we all know um, it's not one person, but it will a lot fall on him and, and, and the capability that he has. So I, I think I just want to – I just want more from him at this sense in time and this time of the year. So – um, I think Buffalo is like it's not a time to panic, but it's time to start buckling down and getting these wins. That's that's uh that's given to them. Well, we're in the stretch of the season already, week eleven, where these games they certainly hold extra weight because if teams like the Bills and the Cowboys can't get these wins down the stretch, JJ, they're gonna be right on their sofas, right alongside us, watching <laughs> the playoffs, man. So we'll see how things shape up. But let's get into these game picks, man. I'm excited to get into some of these matchups, some exciting ones as well, of course. My wounds are still open, and they're going to be open again because the first game of Week 11 has to do with the Cheeseheads up at Lambeau. The Green Bay Packers, they're going to host the Tennessee Titans. Thursday Night Football, Prime Video, 7.15 p.m. The Packers, J.J., we know, 4-6, and six, right? Unfortunately, they beat the Cowboys, snapping that five-game losing streak, and all of a sudden, they're still very much alive in the playoff hunt. As a wild-card team, because of the expanded playoffs, there's now seven teams in the playoffs, And so now the Packers, potentially, if they can get on a run here, they could maybe make a play for that seventh spot in the NFC. But they're hosting a very well-coached team by Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans, who just got Ryan Tannehill back on Sunday. For me, JJ, you know, I want to go with the Titans here, but 
Something in me is percolating that this Aaron, this Aaron Rodgers team, man, they got their win. They have the momentum. They're back at Lambeau. It's going to be frigid temperatures, I'm sure. So I'm going to roll with the Green Bay Packers here. 23-20 over the Tennessee Titans. This is a defense under Joe Barry. Looked like a completely different unit, even though they were down Rayshon Gary because he tore his ACL. And Eric Stokes, their second cornerback, who's out likely for the year. They were playing with that added energy. I think they get it done, JJ. You know, I think they pulled another upset. You know, I have the utmost respect for my guy, Derrick Henry. I think he's going to have plenty of touches on the ground. But Aaron Rodgers has now established a connection with Christian Watson, the rookie. He's got Sammy Watkins, Robert Tunyon. And then as long as Green Bay can dominate on the ground with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones the way they did against Dallas, why not? Why can't this team win again? And so I'm going to go with the Packers here by three. Oh, man. Isaac, you, man, you hurt me there, man, going with the cheese head, especially on the first one of the week. So Trust me, bro. Uh, I'm hurt, too. I'm hurt, too. <laughs> I got you, man. But, uh, but no, uh, like you say, man, Green Bay had did a good job. We all know that playing against the Dallas Cowboys is always prime time. You always get your best foot when, you, when you're a Dallas Cowboy. So I think Green Bay knew that. I think it was a pride thing for Aaron Rodgers, just the record that he has against – uh, the Dallas Cowboys, I think they did that, but I still seen some some weakness in the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I still seen some drama going on between him and Matt Lafleur, fussing back and forth by different play callings. I think you know that, like I said, Dallas Cowboys down the stretch, let them sneak in. I like Tennessee here, man. I'm gonna go with Tennessee. I think it's like I told you again about the weather. I think it's perfect weather for Darren Henry to go down here and just pound the Green Bay Packers away. Keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers. Do different things. Tiny Hill is back underneath the center. I think he's a little bit more better at game management when it comes to um, watching, you know, managing the game and not turning it over in crucial situations. Um, I like what he's done, even with uh, uh, Westbrook as well as uh, Hooper and as well as Burks and no guys coming back on the defense side of the ball for Tennessee. I like Terrence Mitchell's Andrew Adams playing good ball and Bayard as well. So uh, I think it's going to be between the tackles type of game. Whoever runs the ball the best is going to win. But I like King Henry right now going up to Green Bay in that tundra weather and get it done. Well, we'll see what the availability is for Jeffrey Simmons and Dupree and Amani Hooker. There are three of the Titans' main defenders who were ruled out on Sunday due to injury. So if they're unavailable again, that's certainly going to weigh heavily in on the Thursday night contest. But, JJ, I just checked my weather channel in Lambeau on Thursday night. Temperatures are going to be 20 degrees with yes, a wind sir. chill of 15 to 20 mile per hour. So let me just tell you, I'm going to thank God that night that I am not <laughs> on the field in that type of weather. Right. No, I agree with you, man. It's some brutal, harsh, harsher weather, but that's what Green Bay and those fans live for, man. They, they think it's an advantage for them, and you have to definitely get your mind right when you go up to Green Bay Ryan this time of the year. All right, on we go. Bears at Falcons, Chicago 3-7, and seven, Atlanta 4-6. and six. And, man, it looked like Atlanta for a couple of weeks. They felt like they had a good shot to win the division, but it looks like Tom Brady and the Bucks were able to find some mojo. Now the Bucks are 5-5, five and five, and so all of a sudden the Falcons find themselves in must-win territory to keep pace with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to host the Red Hot Bears team, even though the Bears – didn't win again, but Justin Fields is starting to go off, and so that makes them a very difficult opponent to account for, J.J., especially in Atlanta, where Marcus Mariota 
hasn't really been performing very well these last couple of weeks. Hasn't been able to utilize his big targets in Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And I know a lot of Falcons fans are calling for Desmond Ritter after last Thursday yeah. night's loss to the Carolina Panthers. In this game, though, they're back at home. They hear the noise. Arthur Smith has faced the media in a bad mood. Corderell Patterson, they have a couple of big-time leaders on defense. Grady Jarrett, I think they get the job done. 26-24 over the Chicago Bears. Once again, going to the ground, heavy dosage. Arthur Smith loves that type of physicality. Atlanta gets the victory. Yeah, uh, I'm with you as well. I think Atlanta's going to get it done. There's not going to be a a blowout game. I think Atlanta's going to feed off the crowd being home. Uh, They do a good job of playing home. uh, Chicago Bears right now, like you say, Justin. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin and Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bills is doing a great and tremendous job with the team and the, and the things and the talent that he has around him. Um, he's doing good running the ball and, and as well as passing too. So, But I just think Chicago's bare defense is uh, it's, it's not one of the best ones right now. I think it's ranked you know, one of the 30th, 31st, uh, right after, uh, right before the, the Lions and whatnot. So um, I think for the Falcons to get this dub, man, they're going to do go back to what they believe in. That's run the ball with Huntley, Allinger, and Patterson. We didn't get, we didn't see a lot of touches for Patterson last week. And I think they kind of showed up in the stats and also in the win column as well for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I think it's where they got, yeah, we got to stop the run as well. Uh, Foreman had too many, way too many yards last week, Carolina. He went 31 for 130 yards, and that's just too much to get on the ground um, for any team And uh, as as far as the Falcons as well. So I like the Falcons here, but we're going to stick to what we know, and that's running the ball and also stopping the ball. 
Browns at Bills, Cleveland 3-6, Buffalo, we just talked about them, 6-3. This is a perfect game here to get right, JJ. Now, nothing's guaranteed in this league, though. The Browns, they're dangerous with Chubb and Hunt on the ground, and so you never want to say an NFL game is easy, but being back at home, you know that those players in the locker room, I'm sure, they want to get back out there, and they want to get a win under their belts, riding a two-game losing streak. I'm going to go with the Bills here, 30-17. to I don't think it'll be as big of a blowout as some of these analysts think it will be due to the record disparity between the Browns and the Bills. I do believe the Bills bounce back, though, with the win. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I think they got a bad taste in their mouth. I think it's, they, they understand where they're at, crucial, as playoff pitchers and everything else. I do um, I do like the Browns as well running the game, but I just think the Buffalo Bears is, is feeding off that loss and is going to go take care of business this weekend as well. Eagles at Colts. The Eagles, I mean, I got to tell you what, J.J., I was pretty happy last night seeing them lose the game to the Commanders, even though it's kind of like I had mixed feelings because I also don't like the Commanders either. But give the Eagles that first loss. Let them feel a little bit. And so I'm feeling a little bit of my, uh, what is that, upset magic this week. Jeff Saturday has them playing well on Sunday. And I'm going to go with the Colts here, JJ. Upset special of the week. I'm going to sound the alarm over here. Indianapolis, 27. Philadelphia, 24. I don't know if you saw the news this morning. Dallas Goddard, their number one tight end, is out for an extended period of time due to the shoulder injury he suffered last night. The Colts, they're back to their bread and butter. Jonathan Taylor running the ball. They're playing inspired football. They're getting some guys healthier. Matt Ryan is back under center with something to prove. Give me Indy, JJ. Just follow that same pattern that the commanders did, which is just dominate on the ground, eat up clock, win time of possession, win the turnover battle, and the Colts find a way to keep their playoff hopes alive. They beat the Eagles and hand them their second straight loss, 27-24. Oh, man, that's a big one there. And I definitely see where you're going with it. Uh, the Jordan uh, the Jordan Davis uh, being out of the picture is a big hole up front for the Eagles. I think the commanders realized that and they kind of sported that as well. But I don't see the Eagles going back-to-back losses. I like the Eagles here. I think, like I said, it was time for them eventually to do it. Uh, everybody was kind of getting on this Eagle bandwagon and, and kind of getting over too confidence. And we all know the NFL, anything is possible. But I don't think they're going to take two back-to-back losses. I think they correct the mistakes that they found with the commanders did uh, last night. And I think they take care of business going to the Colts, stopping Jonathan Taylor, and, um, and matching up good on the outside with the receivers of the Colts and find a way to get it done. So give me the Eagles here. Jets at Patriots, New York 6-3, and three, coming off a bye week, going to the Patriots 5-4. and four. This is a big-time matchup in the AFC East, JJ. And while I am intrigued, and you know I've been on the Jets bandwagon quite a bit yeah. this season, I'm not going to pick against Bill Belichick at home in Foxborough with the defense led by one of the top sack leaders in the NFL, Matthew Judon. I am still not bought in on Zach Wilson. He still has not shown me enough to go on the road and win against the Patriots defense that is coming off their bye week. Belichick had two weeks to look at that Zach Wilson offense. The Patriots win a close one, low-scoring affair, 20-16. to 16. Look for this Patriots offense to once again rely on Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris on the ground. That two tight end set with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. Mac Jones makes the throws he needs to make, and the Patriots come out on top here. 
Yeah, I agree with you. It's hard to go against Patriots, uh, especially being home and also just the history that they have between Belichick. I think I told you again, it's a pride check for Belichick. He refused to lose to the Jets, and he's shown it over and over and over years and years again. I think that defense is doing a good job. Uh, like I said, he had two weeks to prepare. I think he's going to draw up some different coverages and different looks for uh, Wilson, who's still freshly young underneath the center. And it's just going to be a little too much for them up there. They're going to run away with this one. Uh, I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout, but I think the Patriots are going to take care of business and get ready to get back into the, uh, the AFC East uh, showdown. So give me the Patriots here. Rams 3-6 and six at the Saints 3-7. and seven. Man, I think when the schedule makers put this one, I don't think many of us expected to see both the Rams and the Saints with 3-6 and six and 3-7 and seven records respectively. But yet, here we are. It's been a crazy NFL season thus far. JJ, I don't know if you also saw the update on Cooper Cup. He has a high ankle sprain. He's going to undergo tightrope surgery tomorrow. He's out a minimum of four weeks. And so basically, he's been the Rams' entire offense this season. He's on the shelf now. They're going to New Orleans. Tough place to play. The Saints defense, I think, is really going to hunker down on Stafford. That edge rush is going to come after him. That Rams' O-line has been very shaky. And without Cooper Cup on the field... I think Stafford, of course, if he clears concussion protocol as expected, he's going to have a very rough outing in New Orleans. And for those reasons, despite Andy Dalton and that offense in New Orleans looking lackluster, they still do have Alvin Kamara that can really dominate on the ground. They still have Taysom Hill that can also be a dynamic weapon, a Swiss Army knife. The defense makes a couple of turnovers here, JJ, for the Saints, maybe a touchdown. Give me the Saints here, 23-17. Yeah, I think the Rams right now are, are uh, they just don't know which direction to go, man. It was, it was tough with Cooper Cup, but when your main guy and your main offense is going, Cooper Cup, um, it makes it even harder uh, to actually try to find your identity to go into a Saints environment that's pretty high-style, their defense. Uh, even though their record don't show it, their defense is still pretty good, man. They stopped the run with Demario Davis in the middle. I like the safety position with Honey Badger as well as Marcus May on the deep end. So they do, they do a good job of keeping the top on things as well. And I just think with Cooper Cup going, I think it's going to put a lot of pressure onto uh, Matthew Stafford. And like you said, the O-line has not been good at all. They just don't know who they are. Uh, the running game hasn't been much for them. And we all know how much Sean McVay offense relies on the run game because there's so much play action stuff off of it as well. So um, I think it's going to be a good game for Allen Robinson to come out. If you want to do a good job of making a statement, but I still think I like New Orleans Saints here to get the job done here. Lions 3-6 and six of the Giants 7-2. and two. The Lions on a two-game win streak after another victory, knocking off two divisional opponents, the Green Bay Packers at home, then going to Soldier Field and getting another win. Dan Campbell has this team playing inspired football. Exciting to see them finally get it done in crunch time, winning a close one 31-30. DeAndre Swift, Jared Goff is playing some good football defensively. Jeff Okuda playing with some energy as well. They now travel to MedLife, JJ, to take on a Giants team that's 7-2. Just barely scraped by the Texans last week. And shout out to myself. I got to pat myself on the back. I actually hit that score exactly on last Mm -hmm. week's podcast. I had the Giants 24-16 over the Texans. So that was kind of cool to see despite my mediocre record in Week 10. But nonetheless, JJ, looking at this matchup, man, I am awfully intrigued to go with another upset special of the week. The Detroit Lions are wow. playing inspired football, but with Lee Corso in my ear, I'm going to say not so fast. I'm going to go with the New York Giants here, 24-23. 
just because Saquon Barkley continues to play some sensational football on the ground. He's dominating. Daniel Jones making the throws. He's not turning the yeah. ball over. The Giants defense under Wink Martindale has also made some leaps and strides as well. So while I really would love to go with the Lions here, I'm still going to take the Giants at home by a point. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going with the G-Man as well. Uh, my Lions have come through me, come through for me the last two weeks, but I think, like you say, for all the reasons, my second MVP runner-up, Saquon Barkley right now uh, behind Mahomes right now in the MVP race. He's doing a good job of taking a lot of pressure, a lot of loads off of Daniel Jones. And like I told you before, right now is crucial time. A crucial time of the year. This is a time for the Giants and people to really establish their run game, and the Giants have done that. And then on the other side of the ball, the Giants' defense has stopped the run game as well. They have Damian Pierce, too. Uh, I think one of the lowest he's ever had this year as well. But Hats off to the G-Man. I'm going with the G-Man versus the Lions this week. Well, guess what? It's okay. Let the Giants get their win because they're going to take a loss to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. But <laughs> that's another discussion. But here we go. Next game here. Panthers 3-7. and seven. Baker Mayfield will be the starting quarterback according to interim head coach Steve Wilkes because P.J. Walker has a high ankle sprain. Sam Darnold will be the backup. They go to Baltimore to face a Ravens team that is coming off a bye week. This is a very dangerous Baltimore squad. They're getting reinforcements. David Ojabo. They got Tyus Bowser, who is back in the mix. Justin Houston finding the fountain of youth offensively. Lamar Jackson is playing really well. Gus Edwards should be back. A secondary that is playing inspired football with Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, and Kyle Hamilton. The Baltimore Ravens, watch out, people. This is a contender in the AFC they will get the job done, JJ, 27-16. I am very excited for the direction that John Harbaugh has his squad going in. And right now, they're showing some things up on that offensive line. They're going to make life pretty difficult for Baker Mayfield. They'll welcome him back into the AFC North mm-hmm. once again. And I like the Ravens here by 11. I agree with you right here. I think the Ravens have a familiar face. They know Baker Mayfield. They know how to get out them. They know what he can do. They know what he can't do. And I think they're going to sport that. I think they're on a roll right now, man. Like I say, um, Lamar Jackson is playing some good football. The receivers is doing a good job of accompanying here in the tight end game as well. Their defense is playing good sound ball. Rokon Smith in the middle is doing a good job of helping them with the run defense with Lance Campbell. And also the veteran president, Justin Houston, like I mentioned to you uh, two weeks ago. His presence is being felt. He's getting after the quarterback. Every time he's in, he's got two or more sacks. And I think that's going to be crucial to help them get out the Baker Mayfield. Uh, give me the uh, give me the Baltimore Ravens right here as well. Commanders at Texans, Washington coming off a big staple win in Philadelphia, five and five. Now they're also very much alive in the playoff hunt, going to Houston to take on the one seven and one Houston Texans. I like the Commanders here, twenty six twenty in a close game. The Texans have played all their opponents or most of them relatively close. I think they're going to put up a fight, but man. It's easy to see why this team loves rallying for Taylor Heineke. He provides some buzz, and all reports indicate that Chase Young should be back on the field on Sunday for the Commanders. He gives that front seven an even bigger boost. They're ready to go along with Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, an offense that's playing with confidence. Brian Robinson toting the rock with some physicality. Terry McLaurin making plays on the outside. Washington has a fun team. I believe they're 4-1 in their last five. This is a red-hot Washington team. Ron Rivetta has this crew moving in the right direction. They get the win here 26-20. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, like I told you a couple weeks ago with Heineken on, the, Heineken on the center, 
the, the Washington uh, Commanders are a different football team, man, and they believe in him. He, he gives them a spark that they need. Like I say, it's a different type of culture when he's getting there and getting underneath the center, man. He does a good job with that offense, and they do have a lot of great players on that offense that can make a play in the time and in the second. Their defensive line, one of the best defensive lines in the game, they do a good job of getting out there to the quarterback. And the secondary are doing a good job of keeping things on the wraps and not getting beat over the top. So I like everything about uh, the Washington Commanders right now, and I think they're going to go down to Houston to take care of business. Give me the Commanders here to win. Raiders at Broncos. Vegas coming off another atrocious loss, 2-7. and seven. Denver in the same boat, 3-6. and six. So two teams that everybody thought were going to be in the thick of the playoff hunt all of a sudden are bottom feeders and have underwhelmed to a high degree, JJ. In this game, I'm going to go with Denver solely because they're going to be at home at mile high. Russell Wilson and that offense still, they don't look very good, but they are maybe starting to find a little bit of positive production on the ground game. We'll see if they can continue to pick things up with Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon. But right now, the Raiders, man, seeing what's going on in the locker room, seeing Derek Carr, seeing all the noise with Josh McDaniels and fans not happy, Waller and Hunter Renfro on injured reserve, so they're also banged up on offense. I'm just going to ride with the Broncos' defense. They get it done. They force some turnovers on Derek Carr. They win by a field goal 2017. Yeah, give me the Broncos here, man. Uh, like you say, for all the reasons of the Raiders, I think they're right now, they're just trying to get by this year. I think they know that their playoffs and everything is kind of out of the windows. They didn't have the season they wanted to have. It's a lot of pressure for Derek Carr. Uh, he's been going through some battles and different things as well. Everybody kind of pointing the finger. And, and like I told uh, a close friend of mine, you know, somebody just have to take the blame right now and Everybody, they look themselves in the middles on their Raiders team. And like I said, the Broncos right now with, with Russell Wilson, they've gained some confidence on their side. The Broncos always had a great defense. And I like what the Denver Broncos bring on the defensive side of the ball going against a, t a Raiders team that just don't have a lot of identity right now. Give me the Denver Broncos to pull it off here. Cowboys 6-3 and three at Minnesota Vikings, who are now 8-1, and one, J.J. And I don't necessarily have a good feeling about this game based on how Minnesota can move the ball on the ground with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison and Justin Jefferson who just continues to go off for over 150 yards a game it seems like Kirk Cousins playing with some swagger Zadarius Smith Daniel Hunter coming off the edge Patrick Peterson also playing his best football a couple of interceptions on Sunday as much as it hurts me JJ and I'm hoping this is a jinx hopefully this will jinx the game here but I'm going to go with the Vikings here. I have not seen enough from the Cowboys in terms of being able to stop the run. I haven't seen Dak playing at a consistent enough level to give them a chance in a tough environment. So give me Minnesota 34-20 over the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, um, it's a tough one, man, because both these teams, like I say, we know the Vikings right now are red streaking hot. And we know the Cowboys right now, they had a chance, the opportunity to kind of run away uh, and do some good things in the NFC right now. And it's still, like I say, it's still a chance. And I think they uh, they still have a great team, man. I like what the Cowboys do on the defensive side of the ball. But um, they, the Vikings do have a two good-headed monsters over there and running back in the backfield that they have. The offense is playing good. Uh, Justin Jefferson is playing elite ball right now like he's always been have. The defense is doing a good job of keeping things in front. And getting after the prize rush. So I'm going to go with Minnesota here too, man. I, I, I like my Dallas Cowboys. I like what they present. But when they face teams that that, that has everything rolling and everything in a, in, in a sense as far as a complete team, they, 
they tend to, you know, not perform up to their standards. So um, I, much as I want to go Dallas and I love my Cowboys, I'm going to go with Minnesota right now. They proved to me that they can get it done even on the highest level going up to Buffalo. So give me Minnesota right now. I will say, though, even though both of us are going with the Vikings here, if there was ever a game for this Cowboys team to make a statement and for Dak Prescott to make a bold statement that he can get the job done in big games, this is certainly it, right? So the Cowboys have a golden opportunity on their hands to bounce back with a monster win when a lot of people, such as us, are picking against them. So we'll see how they respond I just have a hard time believing the Cowboys can take the road in a hostile environment and knock off a red-hot Vikings team. But here we go. We have three more games here in Week 11. Bengals 5-4 and four at the Steelers 3-6. and six. This game was initially scheduled for Sunday Night Football, but they brought it back down to 325. JJ, I got to tell you what, man. Another upset special is in the works here, and I'm going yeah. with the Steelers 26-23. They got a win last week. Kenny Pickett improved coming out of the bye week. Matt Canada was able to revisit some concepts. They benefited from it. Najee Harris almost had 100 yards on the ground. George Pickens was able to once again be a factor in the past game defensively. You got your big superstar TJ Watt back in the fold, and that makes a difference. Right now, man, I like them to get the job done at home against a Bengals team that has been playing better offensively. But Pittsburgh's defense... They're ready to rock and roll. Mike Tomlin will have his team ready. They get the win by three. Yeah, uh, and if you look at the stats, man, and everything, the Rutgers wants, uh, T.J. Watt is back, man. This is the whole complete team. They played a great job last week against the Saints. They did a good job of stopping the run and getting after um, um, Andy Dalton as well. And like I said, they're a familiar team. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to beat a team um, twice, but I think the Steelers are going to do a good job here. They know the Cincinnati Bengals. They know their their flaws. They know their strength. They know their weaknesses, and they know the uh, the capability that they can do as taking care taking care of business at home. Uh, so give me the Steelers here. Like I say, upset of the week. This is my upset of the week. Give me the Steelers to beat the Bengals. Well, that's my second upset special, as I have also chosen the Colts to beat the Eagles. So we'll see how that stands. But here we go. We're now into Sunday Night Football. They flex this game. The Chiefs 7-2 at the Chargers 5-4. I like Kansas City here, JJ. The Chargers, their defense actually, I think, had one of their top performances of the season against the Niners. But offensively, they're just down way too many players, JJ. Not having Keenan Allen, not having Mike Williams. Justin Herbert doesn't have a good resource of targets to throw to. And on the ground, their offensive line has, has been banged up. Obviously, losing Rayshon Slater was massive for them earlier in the season. The Chiefs just continue to roll right along offensively. Even though the Chargers defense has been playing some better football under Brandon Staley, they'll find a way to get it done. They've really owned the Chargers in recent matchups. They'll find a way. 33-27, I like Kansas City here. Yeah, I like Kansas City as well. MVP Mahomes, man, he's playing elite right now. He's doing things that we always knew he can do. And just a different team with those guys. Everybody's clicking on one cylinder. Like you say, the Chargers right now just kind of depleted. The running game is not up to up to par as it usually is. And um, like I said, the defense side, they did a great job. They're doing the best that they can do. But we all know this is the offensive league and offensive game. And um, defense does win championships, but you got to have the help of the offense as well. And like for all the reasons that you mentioned for Mike Williams and Keaton Allen, those guys not being 
um, in the lineup does make a difference. Give me the Chiefs here to take care of business as well. The final game on Week 11 slate. This is Monday Night Football. The San Francisco 49ers 5-4 at the Arizona Cardinals 4-6. We'll see again what the status is on Kyler Murray. He's considered day-to-day with the hamstring. And then, of course, Cole McCoy is banged up with the knee. So, we'll see who's that quarterback. If both of those guys are somehow down, we may have to see Trace McSorley start for the Cardinals. But even if Murray does play or it's Colt McCoy, the Niners are the better team right now and with Christian McCaffrey and now Elijah Mitchell back from injured reserve and they got that run game humming and firing in all cylinders. Jimmy G is playing efficient football and then on defense, they're also playing fundamentally sound as well. Fred Warner leading that unit. I like San Francisco here, JJ, 27-23. Kyle Shanahan has his team headed in the right direction. Yeah, I like everything that San Fran is doing right now. They're running the ball good. They're playing good defense. They're getting after the quarterback. The secondary is doing a good job of keeping the ball in the front. And then also Milano, man-to-man, are doing different mixes and stuff, too, outside of the zone-based defense that they have. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is doing a good job. Like you say, maintaining the game. They're running the game with Elijah Mitchell as, as well as McCaffrey as well. Tight end Kittle is getting into his own. He's getting back into his comfort zone. They're doing different things with Debo as well to kind of mess up the defense of our looks and different matches ups as well. So give me San Francisco here, man, to take care of business on Monday Night Football. Well, that does it for week number 11 of the NFL season. Time is flying by, JJ. The season feels like it is moving in quicksand, but it has certainly been fun discussing these matchups every Tuesday right here on the Pro Football Chase podcast. I appreciate all the listeners who are tuning in every single week and again JJ appreciate your time man always fun picking your brain on these matchups we'll see how things shape up man yeah I think I got I think I got a better chance this week I can't get no worse than five to nine that I had last week so I'm excited for this week man the, the week 11 matchups and like you say it's always a blessing man to be able to talk these and, and talk football with you man every Tuesday as well too so I appreciate you and I appreciate the fans as well for tuning in and giving us feedback so thank you Isaac indeed man blessings have a great rest of the day. All right, man. You have a blessed Tuesday. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.